Hello, and welcome to the Viva podcast. My name is Jarrell. I'm Rachel. Thank you for joining us again. Happy almost New Year, or I guess it will be Happy New Year by the time anyone is listening to this. So Happy New Year. Welcome to 2023. Yes, for those of you who had a good 2022, congrats. Hopefully the next year is just as good. And congratulations, especially to people who are like, thank God 2022 is over. You survived. (laughs) Yeah. So we're going to talk about the obvious topic, given that it is the first week in January, of New Year's resolutions. We want to talk about how you can make some realistic, smart ones that make sense and feel good for you, and you know maybe a little bit about why it's also okay to opt out if you're not feeling very New Year's resolution-y today or at all throughout the entire year. So what would be the first thing Drill, you would say to somebody who's like, I feel like I want to do something for New Year's and making a change, What? but I don't know where to start or what feels realistic. They have no idea. They just know that things don't feel great, but, and they want to do something about it. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I guess I'm, I obviously, and it's something I'm, I'm personally invested in is just like, you know, self-development and all that sort of stuff. And so I appreciate the general sentiment first and foremost, like good for you. Um, but I didn't, I didn't think that my first piece of advice would be, um, okay, so how can you make this thing something that is, um, you know, uh, sustainable and reasonable for you? Um, because I often think that there's so much, I don't know, people kind of get like a little intoxicated on the idea of a new year mm-hmm. and, I think people get very feverish about like, okay, like this is, this is a, this is new time. This is new me. This is, you know, let's do it. And I think, you know, I think it's fine to be energized by that. Um, but I don't know, it, it almost the energy around it almost gets a bit rabid and people, um, I think we collectively, it's just like so much kind of pushing that sometimes doesn't actually work for someone. And that's why the, I think the vast majority of New, York, New Year's resolutions fail is because they're not actually really grounded. They're not actually real or reasonable for the life that the person actually live. And they're, and they're actually, they tend to be more reflective of the sort of aspirational life that the person wants. Um, and I think, you know, figuring out how you get from point A to point B means at first being very reasonable and acknowledging what like real life looks like for you and working towards that in a steady kind of way. Yeah. And I asked that question because I think you're right. And I like the word rabid that it just gets Mm -hmm. people say, okay, new year, I got to make all these changes. And they start like pulling things out of the air Mm -hmm. or just like, I got to change everything. You know, I don't feel really great, but like, let me make it a point to, you know, spend less money or to exercise more. And it's just like, okay, well, but is that actually what doesn't feel right? Is that what feels off about things? Or is it actually, or is it just something that you need to think more about as opposed to just being like, oh, new year, new me, which I really hate that phrasing because, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it's nice to have a checkpoint of like, it's a new year, let's reassess. But, you know, like I said, I like the word rabbit because I think people do just go a little nutty and just say, Mm -hmm. okay, 
I'm going to do all of these things because there's been some just like feelings of dissatisfaction. And so I got to change everything or I'm going to do these generic feel good things. And then by mid January, everyone's like, this is terrible and have fallen off the wagon and they still feel dissatisfied. Yeah. Or, and, or it's like so general that it's like, and, and sorry, if I'm hitting some of your targets out there that are listening, that, that is so general. It's like, this is the year I'm going to get my life together. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know what that actually entails. And you probably need to take some time to really sort and figure out what that actually means for you, as opposed to some general idea of your life being better. Yeah, that's a good point. Cause that's the phrasing that I thought of also the people mm-hmm. who are like, I'm getting my stuff together this year. <laughs> what are you getting together? Right. Because I actually don't know a single person that has everything together. Like that feeling right. of togetherness and like having everything under control with nothing going awry. I, I don't know that that lasts for more than like a couple hours or a couple days in most people's lives, mm-hmm. just because we only have control over so much, right? Like I think a lot of us, if not all of us have had the experience of you think a, cer- a year is going to go a certain way. And then you look back on the past year and you're like, whoa, I didn't see all these things coming. Mm-hmm. So it's both unrealistic and also just so unfocused that why do you need to do anything that changes any part of your life without actually knowing what it is that doesn't feel good to you? Mm -hmm. So that's probably number one is like, if you are feeling that feeling of dissatisfaction, I keep wanting to say dissatisfaction, but is that a word? Yeah. Okay. It doesn't sound right (laughs) for some reason. I was like, why are you tripping on this word? I thought that's what you were going to say. Even as I said it and you're telling me, yes, like, I don't believe you. It feels like a weird word. I'll take your word for it. But if you're feeling dissatisfaction, I think that you need to spend some time taking stock of where that's coming from. And it might actually have nothing to do with you or anything you can control we could be on an entirely different hour plus long podcast episode listing all of the systemic world problems that might be contributing to you not feeling good. Mm -hmm. And if if that's the case, you're really almost just like running on a hamster wheel, trying to fix it internally when really it's an external problem that maybe you need to either learn to cope with or adjust to. Mm -hmm. And so that's, I think, number one is like, where is this coming from? Are you sure you're the problem? And if there is something about your life that is the problem, relationship, career, your health, you know, how you're spending your time, whatever it is, it's always helpful to reflect on exactly what you think would help in terms of change before you then embark on this long, often difficult journey of making a change in routine. It's challenging. It's hard to change a habit or it's hard to make a big life change. Like that's really scary. So if you're going to go through that, and you're going to put yourself through that challenge, I feel like it's probably a good idea to make sure it's really what is going to likely yield a better outcome than what you're currently doing. Yeah, for sure. And I think if, if this is helpful, um, I'm not going to be able to name them all, but I think doing this sort of like audit of the eight dimensions of wellness is probably a good place to start. So it's kind of, you named a few of them. So it's like health, career, relationships, um, you know, for some people like spiritual life. Um, yeah, like those sorts of things are these sort of like typical eight dimensions of wellness. And so if you don't have any structure to kind of do that sort of 
evaluation or assessment, that might be a good place to start. It's just like, look at the, those eight and say like, well, how satisfied am I in this area? Is there something I'd change about this area? Um, and that can help give you the clarity to start figuring out like what, what sort of things should you be doing in order to prove, improve your life for the next year? Yeah, I think New Year's resolutions often fail because they're just so much more complicated than people want to give them credit for. For sure. Because if you think about, okay, my career is not satisfying. And I think it's because I don't feel like my co I don't feel like my coworkers are, you know, good people. I don't love the environment, work-life balance, whatever, you know, like my field, but the job itself is a problem. Well, <laughs> It's not as easy as just like snapping your fingers and finding a different job. You know, most people don't have the resources to say like, oh, problem solved. Let me quit and I'll figure mm -hmm. it out. It's often this like long, arduous process. I'm thinking of, you know, people wanting to shift relationships, whether that's reassessing a romantic partner or friends or family, you know, if something's not working for you and you're trying to either dissolve a relationship or work it out with the person, like that's a long process in and of itself with maybe some hard conversations. And it's just this thing where it's not like, okay, well, I need to have better relationships and now I'm just going to have better relationships. It's just a really long process that doesn't necessarily have instantaneous outcomes. Mm -hmm. And so I think in addition to figuring out like what the goal is, you have to figure out how to get there. Yeah. A lot of bigger life changes don't happen immediately because it's just not how that works, right? You know, most of us don't have the financial resources. There's other people involved in our lives. We can't just like, you know, up and change our entire life circumstances without some people having like emotional whiplash. We're like, whoa, where'd you go? Mm -hmm. That's just not usually the best way to do things. And so you might not feel better or satisfied until it is quote unquote resolved, but the resolution could take six months. Yeah you know, even simpler goals, like, oh, I want to, you know, exercise more, I want to improve my health. Well, let's say, you know, you went to your doctor, and they are like, hey, you know, your weight's a little bit of a problem, you need to gain weight, you need to lose weight. That shouldn't, for example, happen in a short period of time. Right. So what are you going to do to cope with some of those feelings of dissatisfaction in the interim? And I think without having that plan, people often are understandably like, whoa, this is really hard. Nope, I'm out. I don't like it. And they just kind of think they can't do it. And that's understandable because you made a plan to get to the end goal, but you didn't make a plan on how to cope with getting there, which is a challenging process. Yeah, I think it's really important you said that because I think that a lot of times the challenges are unconscious for people yeah. or subconscious for people. Um, and so, you know, they you can kind of say like for working out, for instance, is always like a really big one. Um, people are like, well, I want to work out X amount of times per week. And so then, you know, maybe they start out the first two weeks fine and then something interrupts their schedule. And then, you know, so they miss one, they feel kind of crappy about that. And then the next week comes and then like maybe they're feeling extra tired. So then they, they miss one there. Um, and then just life happens. And all of a sudden it's been several weeks or a month and they're like, well, I haven't been to the gym. I guess I failed. Um, and, but that whole month they were like telling themselves, yeah, I'm, yeah, uh, this is my, this is my goal. I'm, I'm going to be working out, blah, 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 blah. And sometimes those things happen very quickly without even knowing 
And so being able to like troubleshoot or think about the, the difficult parts ahead of time is one of the key ways to like sustain yourself and sort of like think about like, you know, if think about the worst case scenarios, maybe not the worst case scenarios, but potential barriers or obstacles and figure out how you'll deal with those too, right? Um, how you deal with not being able to change your job for six months um, because that's also going to be demotivating for you to be stuck in a place that you don't want to be. So that's going to decrease your motivation and your energy to do the thing that you want to do. <laughs> so how are you going to cope with that? So you can still have the energy and inspiration to be working towards the goal. It, those pitfalls are really, really important when it comes to goal setting and things like this. Yeah, it's often a much longer journey than people think it's going to be. And you have, you know, there are days you feel better to see the progress. And so good days and bad days, right? If you're like working, I think the leaving the job thing is actually a really great example for this, right? Because let's say you find mm -hmm. a job, it ends up being four months after you start looking, which in the general yeah. scheme of life, not that long, right? Yeah. In job searching world, when you're really unhappy at your current job and you have to go to that job every single day, that's an eternity. Yeah. You know, something people making changes of like, I'm going to put in motion a change that will be in effect by, you know, the summer that can feel like an eternity mm -hmm. when you're not happy in your current situation. And there are going to be good days where you feel like you're making progress and working towards it, right? Like if you get the day you get an interview somewhere you're excited about, you might be like, wow, yes, this is a good day. But then the next day might be like a slog and you're counting down the hours till it ends. And so be even just being prepared for that and you know, like you said, putting things in place to make it so that you can get through those days, I think makes it so you can keep your resolution and you're not also then feeling like a failure because you're like, man, I didn't do the thing I was supposed to do. Well, it's important to look at why you didn't do that thing. And a mm -hmm. lot of times without getting into obviously anyone's individual situation who might be listening, because I don't know you, but a lot of times it's because you didn't factor in the idea that it's going to be hard mm. and it's not always going to feel good on every single day you're making progress towards the goal mm -hmm. and and just to add to that like that hard looks different for everyone yep you know so like there are certain things that I might find more difficult that like someone else might not find as difficult and so that also it can't be it also can't be generic mm -hmm. um you know, because we all have different levels of energy and motivation and inspiration. And we also have generally have specific things that kind of trigger us, um, things that get in the way psychologically. And so, you know, a big part of this too, is just kind of knowing and being honest with yourself as much as you can uh, to get to know those pitfalls and, and work with them um, instead of like ignoring them or pretending that they don't exist. Yeah. Shameless plug for therapy here. If you haven't started working with a therapist you trust already, this is a thing that therapy is for. Because um, I think it can be hard sometimes to really identify the why. And that's what's important. You know, when yeah. you have a failure towards something you're working on or you're having a bad day, it's like, why is this happening? Like, what is triggering you? Why is this hard for you? What can you do to go through the hard? Because you have to go through the hard. And yeah. it's not about avoiding it necessarily because you're probably not going to end up where you want to, but it's how can you go through the hard. Mm -hmm. And that, like you said, is going to be different for everyone. And yeah. there's not a generic answer of like, oh, you know, phone a friend or read a book or what, you know, treat yourself to something nice. It's like that doesn't necessarily 
work in turn for everyone. And it also depends on the depth of the problem, right? If you say, you know, I'm going to go back to the job example, but you know, one of the things I've heard of generic advice is like, take all your paid time off, which on the surface is fair, which people should, you should do that anyway. (laughs) Um, But I've heard from, you know, I'm thinking of a particular client I used to work for, I used to work with in the past that for them, the days off like made them actually anxious Mm. because it was like they described it as they got a break you know for a day but then they knew they had to go back it was almost easier they said to just slog through Mm. right and like take you know two weeks at the end of you know when they knew they had a job offer than to take a day here and there because it's like you it's almost like getting like a lick of a good dessert right Mm -hmm. like if you're you're craving sweets and someone gives you like a lick of ice cream and then eats the rest of the ice cream cone in front of you. You're like, oh man, now I feel worse than I did before I even tasted the delicious chocolatey goodness. Mm-hmm. So, and that's, but that's not true of everyone, right? Some people might enjoy having like four day weeks for six weeks, right? It just, yeah. it really depends. And so I think, you know, having support and being able to look at that and come up with a plan that works for you, regardless of what your goal is, can be really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, also troubleshoots when you're not doing it. Like this is kind of more geared towards the things of like, I want to go to the gym or I want to cook dinner at home more often. Well, if you say, Hey, I feel really strongly about exercising more, but then you're not doing it. It's not that you suck. (laughs) There's something happening that's creating a hurdle for you. And it's not always apparent. Mm -hmm. So having a supportive third party can really help. So, and shameless plug. Yeah, for sure. I will I also, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I feel like that's so much of what we do, actually. Yeah. Um, it's like figuring out the why. Figuring out the why and like naming whatever the hurdle is and then figuring out how do we work with that? How do we get over it? Um, yeah, I feel like it happens so much. Yeah, for sure. I, I just think it is very hard and I don't think we talk about it enough to everybody's a blind spot. Mm-hmm. And I think also when you're stressed out, it's harder to find it. Like yeah. if you're already stressed about, you know, oh, I didn't do this. I didn't do the thing that I was supposed to, whatever. Um, that if you're looking for it in that state, it, it's often just like this mental, you know, I'm picturing just like someone running around frantically in circles. But if you can have somebody kind of look at it for you and like take you down a couple notches, okay, breathe. We're not going to judge. We're going to investigate that just something that's just really, really helpful. Um, you know, I think sometimes what people end up doing is, and this is like family and friends and some bad therapists, if I'm being honest, will do the thing where it's like, oh, but you only have, you know, three more weeks left at the job. Like that's nothing. And in someone's head, they're like, those three weeks feel insurmountable. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easy to note little progress, for example, if you're looking at a situation from the outside, but like I said, in that example, someone says, oh, you know, you it's April and you only have three weeks left. That might feel like the longest three weeks that have ever existed in the history of the world. Yeah. And so just seeing like, oh, only three weeks is not helpful. And a good therapist will not judge what you're saying. They'll figure out either the why or how to help you work within that feeling. And I think that's often the difference um, with working with a trained professional. Yeah. So the only other thing I would say is kind of a 180 is that you also don't have to make any resolutions. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of pressure to like set a goal and do it now or on January one. And you don't have to, 
resolutions can happen literally any point in the year. They can happen on December 31st of next year. If you're not ready or you're not feeling like there's anything you want to do, you don't have the energy that you just don't know what it would be. You don't have to make a New Year's resolution. If someone says, what's your New Year's resolution? You could be like, to not make any more New Year's resolutions. Mm -hmm. So wanted to throw that out there for people who I know have felt pressure to do something just because it's January 1, where you know your body doesn't know that it's, or care that it's January 1. Mm -hmm. So if it's not ready to go through that, then maybe you'll, you're ready on May 15th and it doesn't matter. Yeah, for sure. We hope that you're having a happy new year, whatever your resolution plans are. New episodes on the first Wednesday of every month. So we hope you will tune in again. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, subscribe, share with a friend. Otherwise, have a good rest of your day. Bye.